Hey everyone, welcome to the channel. I'm Tetsuo. If you enjoy scary stories, be sure to subscribe to the channel. Click on that notification bell and share my videos with family and friends. If you have any topics or ideas that you like for me to do or to read, place them in the comments below. If you have a personal story you like to share, don't be shy and shoot me an email. This is a special episode, as we've now hit 2k subscribers on YouTube. So the future projection states that if we keep this up, we'll hit 5k subs by the end of the year, and in 5 years, 53k subs. So let's make that a reality. Also. If you want to hear a personal scary fishing story of mine, check out the story I submitted to Tales from the Abyss 87. I'll put it in the link above and uh, in the description below. So also sub to him, he's awesome. He has a much more handsomer voice than I, I do, so check him out. I'm not even sure if handsomer is a word, but definitely better than my voice. <laughs> Anyways... Now, without further ado, relax and turn on your nightlights. Please enjoy this episode titled, True Scary Fishing Stories. Story 1 This story happened back in 1998 in Fresno, California. And I was actually there to witness someone getting possessed by a demon. To protect the people's identity, I will call them Roger, Dan, and Grandma. On a hot summer day, Roger and Dan, with their friends, decided to go barbecuing at Lost Lake. Everyone showed up for the barbecue and enjoyed their time fishing, swimming, and a few quality discussions with their lovers. Roger was the barbecue chef, while Dan swam close by the little beach over there. Roger then tells Dan to watch the meat while he made a trip back to town for more drinks. Dan came out of the water and grabbed his towel. He saw a little girl in front of the barbecue grill and thought, Probably one of their friends brought a little sister. Dan then goes into the bathroom and then comes out and the little girl disappeared. As Dan went to check on the meat, there were bite marks all over the chicken. Now, Dan was mad because he assumed that Roger was probably taking bites and throwing it back on the grill. I mean, I'd be mad too. Later on, all their friends ate and went home. Roger and Dan was driving back, and Dan mentioned that this little girl was there and wondered who brought her there. Roger then tells him that he didn't remember seeing any little girls. Roger then drops off Dan at his house and went home. That night, Dan had a dream of seeing a sea creature at Lost Lake. He also mentioned about seeing that little girl transforming into a ghost with long white hair. 
The next morning, Dan woke up and went into the kitchen. His grandma noticed that there was a bite mark on his back shoulder. Grandma asked Dan how he got bit. He then said that he didn't know how he got it. Grandma then put some medicine over the bite mark, but as she touched Dan, she felt a sharp pain on her back. Grandma stopped and told Dan to help her lay on the sofa and to call his parents right away. Dan's parents showed up pretty quick and they discussed what happened. Dan told his parents what he saw at Lost Lake the other day. It was then that his dad felt the creature must have followed him home. That night, the grandma started to say all these weird stuff and chanting in some weird language. She screamed, cried, jump, bit, and clawed at everyone. The family then decided to tie up the grandma and called a priest. The priest came over with his Bible, cross, and holy water. But grandma was able to kick the priest down so hard that he coughed. I was there to witness the possession of a demon and I've noticed that the grandma's skin color was changing and also her eyes. My parents told me to go home but I refused and was drawn into watching her getting possessed. Now the grandma started speaking in her regular voice telling everyone to lift up her shirt because her stomach wasn't feeling normal anymore. So they lifted up her shirt and saw that a handprint was on her stomach. After finding out that palm print, they decided to call a neighbor that was a shaman. The shaman lady came over and did a ritual. She told the family to take her outside as the shaman lady performed more of the ritual outside of their house. The shaman lady held a gong with a stack of burnt incense sticks and a pan of hot oil on the other hand. She flaked the burnt ends of the incense sticks into the hot oil, causing flame and sparks all around grandma. This exorcist went on for about an hour and then Grandma woke up from her demonic possession. The shaman lady then tells grandma to go under this rope that was made of lemongrass and wooden knives that were hanging on the rope before grandma could enter the home. After this exorcist, the grandma has lived well. She passed away sometime in 2004 due to old age. This was a crazy event that I witnessed. Story 2 Believe it or not, my buddy and I decided to fish at night at a local lake that we hardly fished before in the summer of 2012. I was the skipper and my buddy was navigating with a spotlight. We started fishing around 9pm. 
We caught a lot of fish that night, but we were just fishing for fun. As the night got longer, it got cold, and I was just wearing a t-shirt, shorts, and flip-flops. I had three life vests with me, so I told my buddy to wear a vest, at least to give him some insulation. But he said he was fine, so I got my vest on, and it did help me keep warm a little bit. The night was calm, and crazy enough, there was no moon out that night, so it was pitch black, except for our navigating lights and the fish finder. As we were fishing, I got my line stuck on some rocks or something. I kept yanking and pulling, but the line wouldn't break off. I brought only one pole, so I didn't want to lose too much line. I used the handheld trolling motor and motored to where my line was stuck. I tried to free the snag, but it didn't give. I was about to cut my line. Then, all of a sudden, a strong breeze hit the boat, and the boat almost tipped me over. I heard a thump on the bottom of the aluminum boat. I couldn't see what we hit. My buddy was still sitting at the back of the boat, laughing at me, because I almost fell into the water. He felt a bite on his line, and he set the hook. It was something big. Whatever he caught wasn't really fighting back, but it was definitely something big. As he continued fighting his catch, I was still trying to free my line. I finally gave up and cut the line. I then went to grab the net to help him with his fish. He said it must have been a catfish because it didn't jump or anything, but was definitely heavy. As he kept reeling in his line, we saw a glimpse of something he caught. It was a black button-up shirt. I started to laugh at him because he caught a shirt. He and I laughed and started talking about how people actually drowned in this lake. Some of the people that drowned were never found. As the night got longer, I was starting to get tired and so was my buddy. We decided to call in a night and to go home. I was driving and he was holding the spotlight. He pointed the light ahead so I can see where we were going. On the way back, our boat engine kept having a lag. I was wondering why, but it was moving so I kept driving. All of a sudden, we saw something we couldn't explain and it flashed right in front of us, about 30 yards or so. I slowed down and put the boat on idle. I asked my friend if he also saw what I saw, and he shook his head, yes. What? What was that? I asked. He looked at me and said, I don't know, man, but it looked like a large snake head with a long neck in the body of a bird, or a seal. I shook my head, agreeing with his description. I put the boat on full throttle, even though the speed limit after sundown was supposed to be only 5 miles per hour. 
When we got to the launch, I backed up the boat trailer and proceeded to put the boat onto my trailer. I had my buddy sitting in the driver's seat so we could get out of there ASAP. I drove the boat onto the trailer, but something was wrong. I couldn't move forward. I was wondering what was wrong. Did I run out of fuel? I went to check the fuel tank and it still had plenty of fuel. I tried tilting the engine, but it would tilt up. Dang, did, did the hydraulics fail? I listened carefully and couldn't hear the lift trying to move. So it must not be the hydraulics. I got out and manually pulled the boat up onto the trailer and winced the boat onto it. I got into the truck and my buddy drove up the ramp. Then we stopped so we could strap the boat down. As I walked back towards the boat, I saw blood running down the ramp. I was like, what the heck? I turned to look at my buddy and he was shaking, pale, as if he saw a ghost. I went back and that's when I understood why my buddy was shaking and looked pale. I must have looked and felt exactly how he was. What he and I saw was a dead body caught on my engine's lower unit. The body was all bloated with white skin. The blood was from being dragged up the ramp. His clothes were all covered in green moss algae. There were multiple lines and hooks on the corpse, but there was a line that looked very familiar to me. It was the line I lost tonight. I was using a 12 pound blue fishing line with a Yamamoto watermelon red and black Cinco. It was stuck onto the corpse's leg. I guess what happened was some of the line got caught into my motor and we pulled him out wherever the corpse got stuck at. We called 911. The sheriff and the ambulance came. They checked his pocket and the corpse was the body that they were searching for three months ago. They called the corpse's family. He and some other people were ski boating and got into an accident. He flew out the boat and so did several others. But he was the only one that they couldn't find. The driver was drunk so he was hit with an oncoming boat. The other boat had people that also got seriously injured but they were reported to be fine. The other four passengers on the ski boat were also fine, except for the guy that the department said they couldn't find three months ago. I told my friend, and that's why you need to have your life vest on. Afterwards, I told this story to some of the elders. They said that it was a Ja, a water dragon spirit, that probably took the man and what I and my buddy saw was probably the water dragon spirit. Story 3 In January 2012, 
I went fishing with my 16-pound dog, Mossy. It was a cold and cloudy day. When we got there, at the San Joaquin River, no one was there. So I decided to explore the place a little bit and started walking away from where I parked. I came to a spot where there was a fallen tree in the river. Usually fishes love places like that. So I decided to fish there. At around 4 p.m., I started to have all these negative thoughts and started to feel an unusual chill. I reeled in my fishing line and started packing and hurried up to go back because there was no fish. Plus, the sun was setting. I said to Mossy, let's go Moz. As I reached down to grab my stuff, I heard a voice call my name. It was the voice of a man. I thought maybe it was just birds and because I have so many negative thoughts and feelings. I just thought it was my mind playing tricks on me. I looked and saw that my dog has already taken off and she was already about 30 feet away from me into the grassy trail where we came from. I quickly followed her. The moment I started walking, someone called my name. The second time, it was so clear to me. I didn't run but walked after my dog without looking back. I don't remember anyone passing me that day and there was no way anyone else could get to that spot without bumping into me first. It was an unusual experience. I can't say that it was a ghost or anything of that nature. Three weeks later, on the Merced News, there was a family that went fishing there and found some old human bones. They recorded the whole thing with their phone. It was on the news and they said that that place was an old native burial ground site and they said that it was not a surprise to find human bones there. Anyone in Merced with that link to that video, please, please do share. Story 4 This, this event happened to me and my brother, and his two friends. It may not sound scary, but you don't know it until you're in it. So, one day, the four of us decided to do some night fishing at Hensley Lake for some catfish. When we got to the parking lot, we had to walk about 6-10 to 10 minutes to get to where we were fishing. When we got there, it was almost dark, and we could see that there were some people fishing for catfish as well. The four of us fished through the dark because we had a lantern, and the people there didn't have one so they gave us their chicken liver and left around 10 p.m. We continued fishing until around 11.30 p.m. when we heard the scream from the parking lot. It sort of sounded like a woman and she was screaming for help. This person or thing screamed for a total of seven times. Each time it screamed, the closer and closer it got to us, and the closer that it got to us, 
the scream changed from a distressed woman into something else which I can't really explain because I've never heard anything like it before. No doubt at this point, we were all scared to our core. The last scream occurred very, very close to us in the dark in a bushy area where we were fishing. After that scream, our chicken liver fell from the top of our ice chest. My brother then said in an unusual, loud way, Well, the fish isn't biting anyways. Let's go home. I knew what he meant by that, because the fish were obviously biting that night. We then packed up, climbed this hill, and ran back into our car. When we got to our car, it was the only one in the lot. So we threw everything in our car, pray to heavens that the car would start. And luckily, the car did start. And we sped away without even talking about this incident. Not until we reached the major road. Story 5 This was written by Marcus Jamal and I'll be reading it in the first person. Hi everyone, this is my personal experience fishing for white bass at Wyowega, Wisconsin. I decided to go white bass fishing by myself. I went to the store and bought some supplies, left to the fishing spot around 4.30pm and I got there around 5pm. I saw a few mong guys bank fishing and a few white guys in their boats. So I talked with the guys and we decided to wait until nightfall just to see if the fish will bite better. As we fished until sundown, around 8.30pm, the sun started to set. The other Hmong guys left because the fishes weren't biting. As soon as they left, BAM, I set the hook, pulled in a big size white bass. Knowing that it was a little late in the spring white bass run, I was just happy to have one big one. So I kept on fishing and fishing, telling myself that now they're starting to bite. I fished and fished into the night. The insects came out. They were starting to bug me and annoy me. I went to my phone and started to listen to some long songs, and I sang along softly. I lost track of time fishing and listening to music. The fish wasn't biting at all now. Then an old Hong guy came up 
and asked me, Tu, Jebutana. Hey, son, how are the fishes biting tonight? I replied, Uh, not, not really. The old man then asked me where I was from, and I told him that I was from out of town. He then tells me, Go home. It's too many bugs, and the fish aren't even biting. There's a lot of people that come in the morning and have better luck than you do. I asked, Hey uncle, where are you from? The old man then says, From around here. I thought to myself, Man, this guy is taking me as a fool, trying to get my spot and all the fishes. Whatever, the fishes aren't even biting anyways. The old man then says, Yep, Yeah, son, come back tomorrow. It's too late. Too many bugs. Fish aren't hitting hard. Come tomorrow morning. You'll have better luck. I just replied, okay. I packed up my stuff and lit up a smoke. I told the old man good luck. Walking to my car, I noticed that there were no other cars in the parking lot. There were only two cars by the bar, but those were the workers. I glanced around. My car was the only one in the lot. I looked back to where I was sitting at, and the old man wasn't there. No other cars, except for mine. Chills shot down my spine. My hair on the back of my neck stood up as I looked into the darkness. I threw my stuff in the car and drove off. About five minutes later, my car started to act all funny. The dash lights were dimming. My headlights were pulsing. My engine check light flashed on, and my miles per hour gauge cluster went whack, jumping from 20 miles per hour to 100, back and forth. The more I gassed the car, the more the lights were dim. The pulsing headlights pulsed faster and faster. The miles per hour gauge dropped to zero and jumped up to 100. My car sounded like I was jumping my timing, misfiring. Softly, I drove into a local gas station. I checked my CEL codes and found out it was just a blown fuse. With relief, I looked at the gas station, but they were closed. There was no way I could drive my car back home like that. It was too much of a risk for me. As I stood there, thinking to myself, How am I gonna get home? Out came a local man, and he asked me if I needed help. I told him I blew a fuse, and if he has an actual one. Lucky me, the man owned a local car shop 
down the road. Gave me the size I needed, and I popped it in. I thanked him for it, and I drove off, home again. While I was driving back, I remembered that the old Mongai didn't want me to fish there by myself, and wanted me to come back in the morning. I told myself that he was looking out for me, and without him telling me to go home at that time, I would have never met that local man and get help. I don't know what would have happened or what was gonna happen. Thanks to that old man, I avoided something bad that was gonna happen. I'm very thankful for him for helping me out. And here I thought that he wanted my spot. The moral of this experience is to pay more attention to what's going on around you. Don't let greed blind you and know when to call it quits. Thanks old man, I owe you one. I don't know what would have happened to me that night, but you helped me out big time. Thanks for looking out. Thanks everyone for making it to the end of this episode. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the channel. I look forward to seeing you at the next one. Thank you.